guys to drop by. We're doomed. It's a trap. Julie, get us out of here. We would be honored if you would join us. Charming. Cut the thumbs. This time you have gone too far. I got a bad feeling about this. Hello, what have we here? Red 5 standing by. This is our rescue. You must feel the force around you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a Jedi. Like my father before me. I like the sound of that. The force will be with you. Always. Welcome back to Dead Boff and Spies, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and I hope you've had a good holiday season. I hope you got to spend time with your family, eat well, give and receive presents, and... Ah, who am I kidding? None of that matters to me. How many times have you seen The Force Awakens? As of this recording, I've seen the movie five times, which should give you an indication of whether or not I liked it. You can hear some of my thoughts on episode 22 of the Film and Water podcast, hosted by Rob Kelly, guest starring me, the Irredeemable Shag, and Chris Franklin, and on episode 238 of the Lantern cast, hosted by Chad Bokelman and Mark Marble. Simply put, I loved the movie. I really thoroughly enjoy it. That's why I keep going back. And yet, I will admit that it took me more than one viewing to get to this level of enjoyment. I had a lot of conflicting feelings when I saw it on opening night. I left the theater, and all I could focus on were the negative qualities of the film. The plot holes, the poorly handled dramatic reveals, the story beats that were recycled from the first Star Wars. Of course, my sour mood might have been influenced by the obnoxious couple sitting behind me that kept throwing popcorn at each other and shouting obscenities every time something interesting happened. Like, every single time a stormtrooper got blasted, the woman behind me shouted a curse word. It was kind of hard to lose myself in the film at that point. I also left the theater realizing what my head had been telling me for months, if not years, but what my heart refused to believe that the movie would not make me feel like a little kid again. It just wasn't possible to transport me back to those days when I first fell in love with a galaxy far, far away. That hit me hard on opening night. It wasn't quite as bad as when I finally admitted to myself that The Phantom Menace sucked, but it still hurt a lot. I thought all my time and energy and money spent on Star Wars for the last year was wasted. After the movie, I talked to Rob Kelly and the Irredeemable Shag, and I think venting all of my frustrations really helped. Well, it helped me, anyway. I'm pretty sure they went to bed depressed after talking to me for an hour. Then again, maybe they always do. But the talk helped me, I think, just by clearing my head. Because when I woke up on that first Friday morning, all I could think about were the good aspects of The Force Awakens, and they are plenty. And all day long, I'm texting and calling other people, talking to my friends Nathaniel and Paul and Drew and Omar and my brother, and the more I talked about it, the more I realized it was a hell of a fun movie. I saw it again that Friday night and again the Saturday after. It's not the type of movie where every time I watch it I find something new that I didn't catch the first time. It's not a subtle or nuanced movie. 
but what's on the surface is so fun. The action beats are thrilling, the humor beats are funny, the character beats are meaningful, mostly. I love the new characters, and I am really excited to see where their journey leads. That might be the most important thing the movie accomplished. My renewed enthusiasm for Star Wars is justified. My time, energy, and money was not wasted. I want to see the next Star Wars movie, and the one after that, and the one after that. Maybe The Force Awakens didn't make me feel like a kid again, but it made me feel something else. The magic of the Force is still out there. It's calling to us. We'll be back after this promo break. The Film and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water Family of Podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. To tell you the story of Green Lantern is to tell you the story of the birth of a universe. The origins of DC as a whole. It's a magic emerald meteor from space in the 1940s. It's the establishment of the JSA. It's the birth of the Silver Age. It's the introduction of a universal police force. It's the formation of the JLA. It's the emergence of the multiverse. It's a crisis in both space and time. It's an emerald dawn. And it's an emerald twilight. It's the brightest day and the blackest night. And the Lantern cast covers all of this and everything in between. We're Green Lantern's greatest advocates and fiercest critics. We've been fans for years and it's the reason we're self-proclaimed Lanternologists. So find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a listen because the history of Green Lantern really is the history of the DC Universe. And we've got the interviews, commentaries, reviews, and more to back it up. We would be honored if you would join us. As I mentioned earlier, I have done reviews for The Force Awakens on other podcasts. I've shared my thoughts with many people. You will get the chance to hear specific comments of what I liked and didn't like on future shows. But that's not the point of this episode. This isn't about grading the movie. It's about grading myself. As I hope you are aware, in the weeks leading up to The Force Awakens, I released seven episodes where I speculated on things I thought might occur in the film. These weren't based on insider information, they were fan theories and conjectures based on tiny bits of -of out-of-context clues laced within the film's marketing and merchandising agenda. By now, I trust you've seen the movie, and if you avoided the seven speculation episodes for fear of potential spoilers, I hope you go back and give them a listen and see where I went right and where I went wrong. We can find out together right now as I assess my earlier predictions. You wouldn't want my life to get boring, would you? The first of my seven speculations centered on the character we know as Finn. Based on a line of dialogue from a toy released in September, I speculated that Finn's name was actually Trooper FN2187, and that when he abandons the First Order, he would adopt the name Finn because it was phonetically similar to FN. Well, I nailed that one. 
The only part of the speculation I missed was that Finn doesn't come up with a name himself. Poe Dameron gives him the name during their escape, and Finn wears it, like Poe's jacket, for the rest of the film. So, first speculation? Correct. The second speculation was much more reckless on my part. To assume that Kylo Ren's unorthodox lightsaber would be defective and actually short-circuit in the middle of his duel with Finn? Yeah, not so much. I made that prediction because I thought Kylo Ren would need a disadvantage when he fought Finn, otherwise the fight would be over in a matter of seconds. Well, Kylo Ren was bleeding from being shot by Chewbacca. He definitely was weakened when they fought, but his weapon had nothing to do with it. And also, the duel between Kylo Ren and Finn was short. I've heard a lot of people complain that an untrained Force user like Finn should not have been able to hold his own against a trained Darksider like Kylo Ren. Go back and watch the fight again. It only lasts like 30 seconds, and Finn is always, always on the defensive. He gets one lucky glancing shot at Ren's shoulder, but for the most part, Ren is beating his ass down the whole time. Second speculation? Incorrect. My third speculation was that Rey was Han and Leia's daughter, and that Kylo Ren might be her brother. I was very, very sure that Rey was their daughter, and pretty sure, a little better than 50% that Kylo Ren was her twin. Well, Kylo Ren was revealed to be Ben Solo, the son of Han and Leia, so that part of the prediction was correct. As for Rey, we still don't know who her parents are, but I don't think they're Han and Leia. Han treats her like the child he wishes he had, but there isn't enough familiarity there, and there is no connection, I feel, between Rey and Leia. Now, it's possible we could find out in the next movie that she is still Han and Leia's daughter. I doubt it, but it's still possible. So I'm going to say third speculation? Partially correct, because of the Kylo Ren part. My fourth speculation related to the death of a beloved character. Let me make this clear. When the casting was first announced, I was sure Han Solo would die. And if not in The Force Awakens, then definitely in Episode Eight. That was a no-brainer to me. Up until I started making my speculations. Then I softened on that position and made the prediction that it was Chewbacca who would die. I even made a big deal in my seventh speculation about how Chewbacca would die, laying out the scene exactly. Unfortunately, I was basing my prediction off of a particular shot in the first teaser that wasn't even in the final movie. Yeah, that was me making a prediction based off of faulty intelligence. Anyway, Chewie lived... Han didn't. I do want to be clear that Han's death did not surprise me at all. I knew it was coming eventually, but officially my speculation was Chewbacca would die in The Force Awakens. So, fourth speculation, incorrect. My fifth speculation? Damn, did I call the first 20 minutes of this movie or what? Other than not knowing precisely what the MacGuffin was, the map to Luke Skywalker, I got this prediction almost exactly right. There were a few small inaccuracies. I thought Poe would escape in a separate TIE fighter while Finn got shot down. I thought Finn might steal Rey's speeder bike, but other than those minor inaccuracies, I'm calling it. Fifth speculation? Correct. Well, as exact as I was about number five, I was dead wrong about number six, and this one hurts. God, does it hurt. Everyone I talked to, everyone, said Luke Skywalker would be in hiding when the movie started because he was training Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren turned to the dark side, and Luke would run from his failure. Everyone called that, like a year ago. Which is why I thought no way could that be the story. 
there's got to be something more complicated, more interesting, certainly more original than having Luke be another failed Jedi Master who hides from his twisted former student after a new generation of Jedi get wiped out. And damn it, that's exactly what we got. I hate this part of the movie. I hate that Luke, as my wife so eloquently puts it, unleashed Darth Nephew on the galaxy and then ran away to drink in Ireland instead of handling his business. This was such a disappointment. Now, we don't know all the details yet. The story could be much more complicated than we know, and for that alone, I am going to give them a little room when Episode Eight comes out. But, ah, damn, I hated being wrong about this one. Sixth speculation, very inaccurate. The seventh and final speculation revolved around Kylo Ren coming out of the darkness and into the light side of the Force by the end of the new trilogy. Well, it's impossible to judge this one until 2019 when Episode 9 comes out. A whole lot of people think it's impossible to have him find redemption after he killed Han Solo, that this movie was his struggle with the light side and that he rejected it utterly when he murdered his father. I'm not so convinced. I think there's still a lot of room for the development of Ben Solo's character. He's still very much a child, not fully trained, not fully formed. Like Leia, I haven't given up hope on him yet. Which, you know, hopefully goes better for me than it did for Han. So, what's the final score? With the seventh speculation still to be determined, I can only judge out of a score of six. And I come up with a score of 2.5 out of six. I got Finn's name right, and I got the opening of the movie right, and I got Kylo Ren being the son of Han and Leia. But we don't know about Rey yet. If Rey turns out to be their daughter too, then I'll bump it up to 3 out of 6. 50% would be pretty good. Right now, I'm slightly under half correct, with the potential to make up more ground with future movies. What do you think? Should I be proud of my powers of prediction, or embarrassed at my utter misreading of the film? Black Canary. I'll need a sparring partner. I'm Zatanna. Why do you care about some leggy dame in nylons? Or have I answered my own question? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for magic. Black Canary and Zatanna. Together in one podcast. Power of Fishnets, hosted by Ryan Daly, coming in 2016. The first episode of Dead Bath and Spies came out a year ago and analyzed the first teaser for The Force Awakens. One year and 40 episodes later, we've all seen the movie, we love it or hate it or accept it. This feels like an appropriate time to bury those dead Bothan spies. They did their job. It's time to move on. Yes, that means this is the last episode of Dead Bothan Spies. But no, I am not done podcasting about Star Wars. I'll be back in 2016 with a new Star Wars podcast under a different, possibly less esoteric name. And no, I'm not changing the name because Michael Bailey and Andy Leyland made fun of it on the latest views from the Longbox. 
The new show will be part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's going to include all new topics from Star Wars' past, present, and future, some brand new guests, as well as some old favorites. And Kyle, if you're listening to this, yes, we will get back to covering Tales of the Jedi. Probably. If you've enjoyed Dead Bath and Spies, I hope you check out the new show when it launches, hopefully within a month or two. You can follow me on Facebook or Twitter for more details about when the show starts, and I imagine there might be some mention of it on the Fire and Water podcast coming up in the future. I want to thank all of my guests who have appeared on Dead Bath and Spies, including Angela Drew, Paul Scavito, Jay Shearer, Nathaniel Wayne, Rob Kelly, The Irredeemable Shag, Bobby Anderson, Greg Arujo, Kyle Benning, Ben Avery, Omar, Al Gerding, and Riley Arujo. Feedback for the show can be left at well, I don't really care. It's the last episode, but if you want, you can leave feedback on the blog page, deadboffandspies.blogspot.com, or the Facebook page at facebook.com backslash deadboffandspies. You can also review the show on iTunes, and you can track me down on Twitter at ryanbailey one or the username CountDrunkula. Deadboff and Spies is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or Walt Disney Company, and the views expressed on the show belong solely to the speaker. All music, audio clips, and quoted text is used for entertainment purposes and believed covered under fair use. And since I made no money off this podcast, no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.